So when you talk about transformation, you know, you you can read books, you can listen to, you know, business owners that have been through that process that truly have transformed the organizations. But until you experience it, you just, you know, you can't describe it. You can't, you know, and as challenging as it was, here we are five years later looking back. From a business standpoint, you know, I talk to other business owners, you know, I mean, guys that are just off the chart affluent in in this community, and they'll tell you that that was probably the worst business decision you could have ever made. But let me tell you, it's also on the right side of the decision. So never second guess it, and many of them have had to do the same thing and experience the same thing with the shrink of the business, and then basically you're having to rebuild it. So 2020, last year, we had a 40% growth, okay? So the four years up to that point, tremendous losses in terms of revenue, earnings, 401k, 100% had to put it in, you know, any savings, sold my building. Uh, I mean, it was all in. Welcome to Winning Strategies Playbook, the podcast where we welcome business leaders, CEOs, and industry experts to discuss the rise to the top, building wealth, and real estate insights. Here's your host, Jeremy Spann. Welcome to Winning Strategies Playbook. You can go to our website, myexperiencedrealtor.com. That's experience with an ED from my fellow Marines out there for when we might not necessarily write everything right. So myexperiencedrealtor.com. Click on podcasts. You can download this episode, other episodes on Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, YouTube. And you can even click on the read more to learn about my guest like today, Tim Bella, how are you doing, sir? Hey, fantastic. Thank you, Jeremy. How are you doing? Dan, I'm doing great. Thanks good, for good. thanks for coming here and and spending some time with us and uh, to share your wealth and knowledge. But we start these things off with a joke. My father-in-law says I got to do a joke. So if I got to do a joke, I'm going to do a bad joke. Okay. Because it's his fault why I got to do jokes. So if, when he's listening to this, he knows. This, this is what he caused. And I think you'll find this, uh, you'll appreciate this one in the industry that you're in. A weed is a plant that is not in the wrong place and intends to stay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Another bad one. I yeah. told you they're they're not good, right? They're not. There's nothing good about it. Uh, it was good for yeah. your first landscape joke. Oh, oh, we we had one uh, earlier on a recording today, and at the end he's like, "Man, I'm sorry I didn't laugh at your joke." I said, "It's intended for you not to laugh. If if you laughed, then you really have a sense of humor." <laughs> <laughs> Which I know about you. So so let's talk to the audience to kind of set a little stage here of sure. how you and I met uh, several years ago yeah. and how we just kind of built a relationship uh, to where we are today. So I believe the first time you and I met was in downtown Fort Worth. It was a, a mentor award ceremony, something or another. My wife was getting an award and I can't remember if it was... You or, or someone else that you were there with that was getting away? No, it was me. So yeah. it was uh, through the business press, I believe. Yeah, uh, that's right. Was it a mentoring or a minority, I think, yeah. uh, uh, award for work club? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just a great group of people. You know, I was kind of looking around saying, why am I here? Kind of, 
you know, this is pretty special. So I, you know, had the opportunity to accept that and give a little exposure to the organization uh, that I uh, am building at this moment. So a good friend of mine, too, Henry Suisa, who uh, you met, uh, was a captain in the Army, retired, uh, and uh, really shed light on kind of the veteran space that we're in. But, um, yeah, that was five years ago. Four yeah, years ago, I, it's it been was, a while. Yeah, it's been it's it's been a bit. Yeah, yeah, and then we followed up with it as after you and I connected there. I said, "Hey, why don't you grab some of your vets and we'll talk about Tim's business and what he does and how vets are involved?" Right. I said, "Let's go to Defender and do some shooting." Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. what's more, you know, what's more way to do bonding time than shooting fully automatic weapons, right? Yeah. So that that was special. So I had my son there to you, Hunter. That's right. Uh, at the moment, and we all laughed today because when i picked up the, the gun i just started sweating i mean i was so nervous you know and it's second nature to everyone else that i was with and yourself uh, to kind of pick up those guns and shoot but great time great time so i remember when your son came yeah. and we were also laughing at him because taylor who is the girl that works the room there you go former miss dallas yes incredibly gorgeous blonde yes and man, he was he was as red as red comes. And I still have the picture. That's right. So hey, we were like, hey, you need to get a picture with Miss Dallas. <laughs> and he was he was red. And we were, <laughs> <laughs> you have a great memory. That's yeah, a good memory. I, I my wife wishes I would remember other things better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you remember the most insignificant things, right? Yeah. You remember, or we'll just be sitting there. And and I'll be like, hey, do you remember this? She's like, how do you remember something? Uh, right. She goes, you 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 can't remember when you were supposed to go do this, right? Yeah. But you can remember that. And yeah. I'm like, ah, you know, uh, I don't uh, know how my brain works. It's yeah, just, it's, this is that's odd. typical guy. Oh yeah, typical, typical guy. So yeah. let's tell the audience now that they know how you and I know each other. Is uh, now, tell me the name of your company and what your company does and what it is you're trying to build here. Sure. Company name is United Veterans Construction and Landscape Solutions. Uh, we're based here in Fort Worth. Uh, the former company, so been in business almost 20 years. It'll be 20 years this January. Uh, we're in the commercial landscape space, uh, which is maintenance, mowing, uh, kind of those traditional landscape needs, uh, water management, plant health care, arbor care, which is trees, and then construction. Uh, so we kind of, those are the five disciplines that uh, we tend to stick to. Uh, I would say large-scale commercial uh, is our forte. So we're not doing the residential, you know, home landscape. Uh, you know, these are typically big commercial sites that uh, we deal with. Um, so 20 years, we haven't always been known as what we refer to as UVETS. Um, but uh, the former company was AST Landscape. Uh, but five years ago, as I mentioned earlier, uh, a good friend of mine who was a veteran, and by the way, he's no longer here. He passed away this past uh, uh, two months ago. Sorry to hear um, that. Yeah, so, you know, high school friend, um, grew up together. Matter of fact, my junior year, believe it or not, I was uh, put out on my own, uh, you know, basically shown the door at my house and said, you know what, go, uh, go make it in this world. And so, uh, you know, had some really special friends at the time that basically said, you know what, you come live with me. 
and uh, Henry was one of those guys. And so I kind of split time between uh, his house and another friend's uh, house at the time. And uh, greatest time in my life, to be honest with you. You know, just uh, Henry and I, just we were brothers, you know, and I always viewed him as this little brother. You know, I was there to protect him because he was a lot smaller with me. I was a, a fairly, you know, big football, you know, linebacker. And, uh, you know, one of the stronger uh, people on the team, um, you can't tell today, but, um, you know, I had a little bit of an edge. Um, he had the mouth <laughs> and I had the guns, you know, so to speak. So he would start it and I would finish it. You know, we would laugh to this day. Uh, of course, what we did back then, you can't do today. Um, but um, just a tremendous amount of memories I had with with Henry. So bringing it forward to you vets, uh, five years ago, uh, it was Christmas of 2015, Rough Creek Lodge. Uh, we met up for the holidays. He had his wife. I had my wife. And um, he was out of the military at the time, but struggling with the transition. Um, you know, he always understood, you know, that it was difficult, but um, he was experiencing it and said, you know, Tim, you have a real opportunity uh, today to take your organization and, you know, kind of create a purpose that is going to be more meaningful than what the business was at the time. And uh, I'll be honest with you, 15 years in business, um, I was very prideful. And what follows pride is humility. Um, you know, so I felt like, boy, the 15 years, I know what, what I got. I know, you know, very proud of it. And um, and I felt, boy, this might be a good time to kind of jump into uh, something to create purpose, not just a business that I own. And uh, about six months later, uh, he and I got together. He came on board. I hired him uh, to be the uh, COO of the business. And uh, he didn't know anything about the landscape business and, um, you know, but was just a people's person, you know, just really had the vision and uh, had this tremendous affection uh, for veterans and the struggles that they have. Uh, he was on the behavioral health side of the Army, you know, just an incredibly uh, talented and educated uh, individual when it came to behavioral uh, science and uh, dealt with a lot of the PTSD uh, in the military and, you know, those that were still serving and then those that had transitioned out so uh you know it, it was one of those things that early on really didn't understand you know just felt right you know my gut told me that okay no you know we have an issue uh in our business and that is that you know the pond is pretty shallow in terms of talent um you know it's a low skill business uh, to grow our organization though i needed access to a little bit different talent you know, mindset. And it seemed to really match up two issues, the transition and then the green industry, you know, and the talent, lack of talent that I was looking for. And here we are five years later. Uh, and, you know, it's been tough. Uh, I always thought 15 years in it that I had my 10,000 hours behind me. Um, that, you know, I, I knew the business, I knew how to grow the business, but when we made the decision to really repurpose, transform, you know, a true transformation of our business, I didn't realize how hard it was going to be. 
Um, so let me give you a couple of examples. The first thing we did is we went to e-verification. To, to what? It's called e-verification. And what is, what is that? So e-verification is a, a government program where social security numbers and names are matched up. So part of the issue in our industry is they have a systemic problem. It's called illegal immigrants. And at the time we felt, you know, how are we going to recruit veterans when there's a possibility in our business that we were going to have some illegal immigrants? So, you know, we need to identify and clean that up first. So the first step was, you know what, we're going to be different than other commercial landscape businesses. We're going to e-verify the entire organization and any new hire coming in, we're going to run it through the database. And if it doesn't match up, we're not going to hire. So that created a, a tremendous amount of challenge because what happened is it, it did flush out um, uh, employees in our organization that didn't come back as a match. And so we had to immediately uh, terminate a, a sizable part of our workforce, uh, over 50% of the workforce. We were doing everything legally up to that point. You know, we had I-9s, we were doing the W-2s, everything, you know, according to what the laws were. E-verification has taken it to that next step where now you're going to get a, a government agency to validate that those match up. Roughly, how many employees did you have? We had close to 40 employees at that time. So you, 50%, you went from 40 down to 20. Probably below, it, probably closer to 65% loss wow. of employees. So what happens next? So if you don't have employees, you can't serve the client. So right behind that was one by one, the dominoes started falling. And uh, we ended up losing a significant amount of revenue at the time. I mean, it took about a year and a half for it to just slowly unravel. So when you talk about transformation, you know, you, you can read books, you can listen to, you know, business owners that have been through that process that truly have transformed the organizations. But until you experience it, you just, you know, you can't describe it. You can't, you know, and as challenging as it was, here we are five years later looking back from a business standpoint, you know, I talked to other business owners, you know, I mean, guys that are just off the chart affluent in, in this community. And they'll tell you that that was probably the worst business decision you could have ever made. But let me tell you, it's also on the right side of the decision. So never second guess it. And many of them have had to do the same thing and experience the same thing with the shrink of the business. And then basically you're having to rebuild it. So 2020, last year, we had a 40% growth. Okay. So the four years up to that point, tremendous losses in terms of revenue, earnings, 401k, 100% had to put it in, you know, any savings, sold my building. Uh, I mean, it was all in for me. 
Wow. And it was a decision. You know, um, I'll tell you, there was nothing more humbling when my wife called me and said, I can't buy groceries. The cards decline. I said, what? How's that? And I called the bank and they said, you're, you're cut off. Pay back our loan that we had in the business. I was shocked. I mean, just absolutely shocked. But at the same time, I was sitting back saying, you know what? Others have been here. Okay, I'm not the first entrepreneur that has done this. This has happened many times over. It's just my time. So let me embrace it. You know, I told my wife, Erica, that I'm coming home. And to this day, I remember sitting down on the couch, sitting down with her, you know, and it was the most um, incredible conversation, calm, and kind of saw her strength come through, where she always trusted me, but it was her turn to, to backbone it. And I saw that, and I'm like, wow. We're going to be okay, you know, as long as she's okay, I'm okay. You know, I, I know I can rebuild it. I'm not worried about that. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's, you know, my 10,000 hours, the outliers, you know, I felt like, okay, I'm still in the, you know, those, those years of gaining the experience, but at least I'm, I'm past that now. Right. So as I said last year, 40% growth. We haven't quite reached our peak in 2015, which was a record year for us. Uh, but we're back in the black. Um, this year, we're off to about a 30% growth. And by the way, that 40% was COVID. Okay. So think about that. You know, a COVID year. So, yes, we are one of those essential businesses. I was talking to AJ, that doesn't mean that we didn't have our challenges, you know, just because we were able to remain in business. It's mind boggling the things that you have to come across that you thought you've seen everything and you haven't, you know, so I've learned to really adapt, you know, just don't, don't ever feel like you're, you've seen it all, you know, you got to be the cool cat that when it happens, just bring it down. So, you know, tough year, but record growth year and back in the black. And this year, we're still growing. So, not saying we're out of the woods, but we have come a long way, and I'm proud of the team. You know, I'll tell you, it's not, I'll tell you, it's not me. When everything hit the fan, you know, and you met him, uh, Thomas Williams. Mm -hmm. You know, it got so bad that my friend Henry, he walked away. He saw the writing on the wall and we lost touch. Um, and I wasn't angry, I was disappointed, but, you know, you carry on, you carry forward, you know, and passed away, never had that reconciliation, you know, but he'll always be a friend, 
you'll always be my little brother. Um, you know, no ill will. You know, you make a decision, you roll with it. Period. No complaining, no pointing. You know, you own it. So, yeah, that's. I, th I think that's the the hard <clears throat> one. One of the hard things about owning businesses is it's really difficult. I think sometimes for employees to understand they're looking up, right? And they might just be looking up only one lane, hmm. right? One tree. And you're at 35,000 foot dealing with everything, right? You, you, one employee is typically, you know, I'm not saying this with Henry and just think, actually had experienced this with myself going through the restaurant stuff or more so my GM experienced right. it with the restaurant stuff yeah. is employees coming and then going, well, what's going to happen to me? And you do your best to reassure them. We're, we're doing the best we can with, with all the resources, all the tools, everything I have doing the best that I can. Mm -hmm. And people go, well, do you ever tell, you know, the employees all the stuff you're dealing with? And I was like, no, because it would be like me speaking Mandarin to you and you don't understand or speak Mandarin. They don't have the concept of heavy is the crown, right? The mm -hmm. old saying mm -hmm. is that, you know, as, as I was, you know, cause I had several companies, profit and the restaurant. Mm -hmm. I've got investment properties with, with over 35 tenants. I've got, you know, our real estate business. So it wasn't just one business, it was all of them. And, and everybody had the same, same fears and the same concerns. And they were all, you know, hey, what are we going to do? How are things? Blah, blah. And it was like you just said, the only thing you can do is be calm. My GM of my restaurant, incredible human being, has done a hell of a job navigating this. 1.2 revenue in 2019. But 2020, we barely. Barely made seven. Mm -hmm. I'm not telling you anything you haven't mm -hmm. experienced. Right. Been right yeah. yeah. One day, he calls me, and he's just screaming on the phone. There's my wife and my daughter screaming. But I understand. He hangs up the phone. Mm -hmm. Or goes, did he just hang up the phone on you? Yeah. He goes, what are you going to do about it? I says, well, I'm going to go get online. He said, why? That's why I'm going to go order some flowers. <laughs> and I went out there and I found it. It was a big yellow vase with a smiley face and just some bright flowers. Yeah. And I yeah. sent it to him. She goes, why in the hell would you do that? And I said, what am I going to do? Scream at him back? Right. Yeah. All I'm going to do is make a bad problem worse. Yeah. I said, two, I'd rather him scream at me than scream at the customers and the employees True. and the vendors. If I, need to be, if I need to be that outlet, that's fine. Yeah. I said, and three. He's under a lot of stress. Like, I mean, he's, he's, he's living under a lot of stress. My job as his boss, his leader, is to try to do what I can to relieve that as much as possible, which is incidentally kind of funny because we have cameras at the business and in the office, which I never log into, but I did because it's got, uh, um, and it was, it was on purpose. We had, we, the camera in the office has a microphone. So when we have to have co uncomfortable conversations with employees, it's recorded. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right? yeah, 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 yeah. And so anyhow, I turned on it and I'm sitting there 
you know, because I send you a text, hey, the flowers being delivered. Yeah, yeah. And then you hear the <laughs> the, the steps coming up because his wife works works there too. Yeah. And she goes up with flowers, and he's like, "What the hell is this?" And then he opens the card, and he goes, "Oh, you got to be kidding me!" <laughs> and at that time is when I called him, and he goes, "Did you really just send me flowers?" And I said, "I don't know what's better is the fact that 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 that." You're, you've gotten them or that I just watched your yeah. reaction. And he's like, big brother watching. You yeah, 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 <laughs> it's yeah. kind of funny, but, yeah. but that's what we have to do as leaders because the employees depend on us and to, to try to do the best thing we can. And really when you want to look at them sometimes and go, I don't, I don't have the answers. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And, and we're, we're creating an image if we're calm, they don't realize we're scared to death. Yeah. Terrified. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, the, I mentioned Tommy, um, you know, when it really hit the fan because it was payroll time and all the money's in, you know, gone. Yeah. The, when we got together in the conference room and it was Tommy and Deanna, um, and I'll never forget this. And this is where the, the veteran piece solidified for me. That we can't make payroll. There are certain people that, you know, number one, I'm not getting paid. And Tommy was like, well, neither am I. And I kind of looked at him. He's like, you don't need to pay me. That command sergeant major came out that day. You know, highly respectful, one of the most respectful individuals I've ever come across. And when he did that, it was powerful. You know, that that was one of the saving graces that, you know, why? You know, why, you know, why would someone do that? You know, but it just, I've learned that that is just, that's the MO, right? I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I got your back. And we're going to get through this. You know, so it was almost like reverse role. You know, I needed to hear that because you're right. You're scared to death. What are we going to do? What's the next move? And so, um, but that gave me a lot of confidence. Like, okay, I got someone there. You know, and we'll repay it. We're going to make it right. You know, Deanna uh, came here from Puerto Rico. Her husband was uh, diagnosed with Parkinson's, so came here for the health care, you know, after, you know, growing up and living in Puerto Rico. And, you know, she's three years into this organization and scared to death, like, well, what's going to happen, you know, to me? So, you know, we just bonded. And, and, you know, which is all part of the transformation. Um, you know, since then, Tommy has moved on, but we remain very close. You know, he, you know, and that's getting to the purpose of the organization. So our purpose is providing veterans opportunities they earned, period. That's why we exist. You know, it's no longer that other company, you know, I try and de-emphasize myself. You know, I, I don't want to hear my name in this organization, you know. Uh, every day I try and transition out of the business. Not that I want to get out of the business, but 
I want to sustain it. You know, I'd love for this organization to be picked up and continued, you know, with a with a veteran group or veteran friendly, you know, leadership team to to carry it forward. And we're well on our way, you know, to to that being uh, accomplished. But, you know, in Tommy's case, he, uh, you know, did his transition because most don't know well, where do I want to be. What do I want to do? You know, and here we are, a, a landscape company. You know, what do I know about landscape? You know, it, there's not a, you know, when you think about landscape, you know, it's a funny story. Um, I was, I love selling and I was out there, you know, telling how wonderful this organization is and what our purpose is and core values and all this. And, you know, the lady on the end of this sales pitch, you know, stops and says, do you mow grass? It, yeah, but do you mow grass? And I knew right there, okay, this probably isn't the right client. You know, um, thank you very much. I'm going to move on. Um, but when I say that, we are about purpose. It's not landscape. It's, it's growing this organization to put as many veterans to work, learn not necessarily landscape, but the business, and then go build what we call FOBs, right? Forward operating bases in other markets. So we want to go down 35, you know, but we want to train here in Fort Worth, get the veteran ready. Okay, go open up Dallas, go open up Austin, Houston, San Antonio is the plan. And then push out from there. So, you know, our vision is there. Um, all the hard work over the last five years to really kind of blue bucket, if you will, uh, has been in the works, and you know, our plan is next year that you know we're determined we're going to open up that first uh, that first fob, um, and so you know once that happens, I think two three locations, you know, I, I think that's gonna that's gonna be the test, you know, for me. That's gonna be the confirmation that you know we we think we're building something pretty special. Um, we think. You know, in the industry that we're in, there's nothing like it out in the market. Our client base loves it, okay? They love the fact that, you know, we, we're addressing a problem. They love veterans. I mean, we're in a great market that love veterans. Um, my affinity, you know, I'm not a veteran. You know, I wish I was. You know, I think it would have been a fantastic opportunity, but one of those regrets in life. You know, I, I think I would have been a pretty good soldier. Um, have a tremendous amount of respect and, and a lot of family members that are in it. My son, Hunter, uh, again, who we talked about earlier, uh, is in the ROTC program. So he's contracted uh, when he finishes up his degree uh, to, to go Army and, you know, serve his time. So very proud, proud of him. Um, so, yeah, it's about now. Not me. It's about you know what can we do you know in this industry and you know provide opportunities that veterans aren't. So uh, and I've been taking a lot of notes because there's definitely a lot of things that I, I want to come back to. Um, but I want to first and foremost touch on this regret for not serving. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I hear that from folks. We all serve a purpose in life, mm -hmm. right? And I always, as a matter of fact, to the point, 
for now seven, eight years or more. When somebody comes up and says, oh, you're not United States Marine. Yeah. What'd you do in the Marine Corps? And I just keep it very open book. And I go, I was with third Marines. They're like, yeah, but what'd you, what did you do? And I go, you know, I'm so glad you asked. Because I want to make sure that anybody's service, that one job over the other didn't seem warm. Hmm. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with saying, I was infantry, I was a pilot, I was recon, hmm. or I was a cook, or I was a truck driver. Own it, right? Own it, own yep. it. Yep. But the reason I don't, is because I wanted to create an avenue where everybody's service mattered. Because here's the deal. You have jobs in the military that aren't as sexy as other jobs, but they're right. absolutely essential. And a prime example of that is October 2019. I was very fortunate to be selected to go fly with the Blue Angels mm -hmm. in, an F in one of their F-18s. I'll just say now, they do have the coolest job, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, come on, being yeah. a fighter pilot and being the Blue Angels, that's, just, that's pretty uh, cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I was jealous. Yeah, I, all right. <laughs> that, that one wins, right? Yeah. That one yeah. wins, yeah. right? As a matter of fact, you were... You, you, no, I saw it. Yeah, I, you know, you, you talked about it. I didn't go out there. So I'm like, how? Who, I, there I, was, I was a couple one. of people that I didn't expect to show up. I was like, because I posted online and it yeah. came out there. Yeah, yeah. And, I'm, and I still, I was so just blown away by it that day that it was just almost a blur, right? Yeah. And, um, and that following weekend, I was asked to be the guest of honor and guest speaker at the Marine Corps birthday ball for the local F-18 fighter group. And I was like, man, th actually, I, I, and, and their commanding officer is like, hey, do you have a speech? I was like, yeah, but I've rewritten it since Wednesday. He's like, what? <laughs> it's going to be good, right? Yeah, I yeah. said, man, it's going to be great. <laughs> so I get up there and I said, hey, you know. People often ask me, what'd you do in the Marine Corps? And this experience with the Blue Angels was reinforced why I always just leave it very ambiguous. It's not because I'm not proud of what I did. I'm extremely proud of what I did. I'm extremely proud of the people that I served with. I had a hell of a time. It was a great part of my life. It taught me to help become who I am. But I always want everybody to always feel like their service, no matter what they did, mattered. And so I'm telling this group, of Marines and their spouses and, and the guests. And I said, so when I had put on this flight suit and I was climbing into the cockpit of one of the most powerful fighting machines on the planet, you see these jets and you see them flying around, but until you climb in the cockpit of this thing, you're like, whoa. And all I'm thinking at that moment is the pilot flying this thing is now the most important person in my life. <laughs> We're getting ready to be up in the right, air. Right. Then this crew chief, this young, young kid, probably no older than 23 or 24, is buckling me in and strapping me in and getting my helmet secured, the mic, the whole nine yards. And he's making sure that I'm, I'm good to go. Well, Actually, pilot's no longer the most important person in my life because the pilot's got one job and that's to fly the plane. The crew chief's got one job is to make sure the plane can be flown. 
Mm. And he's buckling mm-hmm. me in. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, this guy's the most important person in my life right now. And then as he's buckling in, he says, all right, if something goes wrong, don't worry. The pilot is going to pull your ejection. You just hold on for the ride. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, wow. he's no longer the most important person in my life. The guy the, the, or the, 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 whoever the guy or gal, whoever is the ejection seat person at that moment now right, became right. the most yeah. important person right. in my life. Right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's, I, I really hope this person didn't screw up their job. That's the most important person in my life. And then I look over to my left where the fuel truck is and the fuel truck person, right? Another 20, 21 year old kid, right? And then I look over and I don't know much about planes or anything else. And I was like, I'm, I'm good. that person's now the most important. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. you know, nobody wants to be the fuel person. I was right. like, that person's the most important person in my life because what if they didn't put in the right amount of fuel or the wrong fuel or any of this? Again, I don't know enough. And then it finally ended with, and I'm in this room full of Marines. I said, who's the admin clerk in here? Because nobody, nobody ever sees the admin clerk as being the sexy position. This Marine raises his hand. And, uh, and I said, I realized if nobody got paid today, everybody's distracted. And then I got to worry about everybody. So you became my most important person in my life. And he was like, I'm telling you all right now. So he was excited because he got his acknowledgement, <laughs> right? He was like, I am important right. in what uh, I do. Yeah, yeah. And, um, it, you know, and it gave a lot of content to what I had been doing for years is to go very proud of what I did, but I always wanted people to feel significant. Yeah. But also, I'll, I'll, I'm surrounded by people that there's people that say, thank you for your service. And then there's people that go, no, really, thank you for your service, like yourself. And that go, man, I wished I would have served, blah, blah, blah. And this is the way I would, this is the way I'm bringing it back. Just like being a business owner. How many people will be in the last minutes of their life and regret never pulling the trigger to go be a business owner? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So what it was is you're, yeah, your, your purpose. Yeah. Maybe. So I would say never regret it. Yeah. It's, you know, more of, I think I missed out on something. It's probably the more proper word I would say. Yeah. You know? No, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Because how many people, because, and you and I have talked about this, the difference between entrepreneur spirit and entrepreneur courage. Right. You got a lot of people want to be entrepreneurs, yeah. but. Are they willing to take the courage to go without a paycheck or go, honey, I'm on my way home because we can't buy groceries. And by the way, this isn't because it was in your first year of doing this business. You'd already built it up to be incredibly successful, changed your business model, transition, transformation, not just a transition, transformation. Right. Those are the scary parts. And I'll tell you right now, I know, I know military folks, Marines that have been deployed multiple times to combat, killed a lot of bad guys, had a lot of buddies that were killed, even got purple hearts themselves, and would rather go do that again mm-hmm. than do what you've done. And that's why when I when when folks come around, I'm like, we all serve a purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's what we do because there's no difference in the courage. Because look, the courage 
to run it, people shooting at you, sure, that's courage. But those same folks would not want to be in the shoes that you're in, right? And and that and that's and that's that's really important for the audience out there because when I got out of the Marine Corps now this year we'll make twenty four or twenty five years ago. Okay. A lot of yellow ribbons on trees. Getting out, done my service, I'm coming back, I deserve a job. Mm, no. <laughs> I don't know how many interviews I went to yeah. and, and no job. Mm. So when I first met you and I understood what it was you were building, I, I was like, man, that's someone that's putting their money where their mouth is. And you literally losing 65% of your employment yeah. base, losing revenues, losing clients. You actually did it. You put your money where your mouth is. And that's not for the faint of heart. That is hard because it, it, at some point, the benefits do resurface. Like you just said, is during, even during a year of the pandemic, grew 40%, not out of the woods, mm -hmm. but in the black, mm -hmm. which some people that are in the business world that don't own a business go, yeah, well, they're not there, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, mm -hmm. but they don't understand all the hours. Like when somebody else is responsible for paying you, mm -hmm. And you can go home and then get up and go back and it's a fortune 100 company, yeah. all that. You don't, you don't have the same concept of what 40% growth is. You're growing 40% for your shareholders. You're growing 40% that is going to actually affect lives every single day. And Tim, I don't know any other way to define courage. That's brother. That's courage right yeah. there. Well, you know, you're right. I, I think we're all, we all have our purpose, you know, uh, you know, I refer to it as God's plan at yeah. the end of the day, you know. And if you ever want to make him laugh, tell him yours. Oh yeah, yeah that's <laughs> the, that's a humility, you know, it, it, it catches you. Um, but you also grow through it, you know, that's the silver lining, um, you know, as hard as it was, I wouldn't change it. You know, I wouldn't change the experience, the conversations, the the coming and going of people, good people too. You know, I lost good people, um, but um, yeah, I think you're right. It's not regret. I think it would have been a, a great experience, but I'm experiencing today. I, I get to to see, you know, those experiences, and that is what makes our culture so unique. Is you know, we we tend to step back a little bit and. I ask a lot of questions, you know, tell me about that. Um, case in point, uh, you've, I don't think you've met uh, Alan Hahn, our chief operating officer, uh, lieutenant colonel, uh, joined us in October of last year, Apache attack helicopter pilot. So 25 years, uh, Army, um, just an incredible individual and actually has a foundation which I want to shout out, uh, called American Warrior or Apache Warrior Foundation that he founded, which really caters to that community. What you were talking about, the, you know, the individuals, it's not the pilot. It's everyone that surrounds the pilot, all the way down to the families, you know, of the crew chiefs. And, you know, so just a fabulous uh, foundation that he started in, you know, to really help you know, the transition, um, you know, the issues that, that 
tend to, you know, be there. So, and so fortunate to have him on board. You know, he's learning the landscape business. I'm not the easiest guy to get along with, <laughs> I, I, you know, and, you know, when you put a, a, let's say a CEO with, you know, Lieutenant Colonel, right. That's been a career in it. You know, that's an odd, you know, pair right there. And, you know, he'll be the first to tell you, um, you know, so I, I get to continue to learn uh, kind of what does it mean to be a lieutenant colonel? You know, I'm just enamored with it. You know, like this is pretty cool. You know, we, we got our lieutenant colonel. Um, so I take a lot of pride in it. Um, but, you know, we also, I'm grooming him and, you know, to some degree he's grooming me to what it is because what you talked about, I don't think most CEOs on the civilian side understand the brotherhood understand the unsung hero we don't i know i didn't you know it, it's not a you know i would say I, I didn't look at the guy on the line trimmer or on the mower right just want to deal up here you know with with my leadership team you talk to the lieutenant colonel it is all about that production team and you know what i don't care about you, Mr. CEO, you know, it's the team. And that goes back to when Henry was there, Tommy was there, and that was a hard pill for me to, to understand. But boy, is there a lesson there that you cannot lose sight of the unhung, unsung heroes that, that are truly in that, in that business. You know, the, like you said, the administrator, down to the administrator, that never gets called out and gets excited. So, so it's it's really interesting for you to uh, to touch on this. And you're you're right. You know, it and, and a part of it too is exposure, right? Different perspectives for different exposure, right? And I'm sure you've learned that there is a significance in the difference. Between a command sergeant major mm-hmm. and a lieutenant colonel as well. Like even Incredible. within that culture, oh it's two different philosophies. Out Incredible. There, right? It's incredible. And, and and there's just so much degrees of that. I want to go back to something that that, that you said that um, I, I do believe this is what helps make uh, good leaders. Something you and I have in common. So my organization, Cowtown Warriors, my not mine, but I, I founded it, I started it, and then uh, last November, I rolled off the board of it. People were, were shocked, like, why would you do that? Yeah. There's something going on. Oh, and I said, I don't know. Matter of fact, it's funny, as a, a, a saying that I use is, I can build you the best landscaping money can buy, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to get you yard of the Right. right. I, I'm not designed that way. I'm not the detail guy. I know how to build great teams. I know how to identify opportunities. I know how to bring it together. I know how to, you know, the thing about um, guys like you and I is we're, we're too dumb to quit at anything, right? <laughs> My buddy Jamie Pease tells me right. that. He goes, you're too dumb to quit, you know? <laughs> wife tells me, you know, oh, what, what are you like, doing? Like, what's wrong? Do you got brain damage? Like, what the hell? You know, do you get a right. TBI while you're yeah. in the military? Right. Traumatic brain injury for anybody who <laughs> know what a, a, a TBI is. And, and so 
you know, I, I, I knew that the organization at that point, I had given everything I could have taken it as far as I could that me being there was occupying a spot for someone else to come in that could help take it to the next level. So people that are in our life, they come into our lives at the, you know, if we're fortunate at the right time. And then, you know, but they might, they're there for a purpose and they might not always be there, right? They might be there for a limited amount of time, a length amount of time. And you just got to, you know, remember that section of time they were there and the greatness that they did, right? Right. Because things are going to transition, transform and move on. So we'd gotten an organization where for the audience out there that it, this is the first time you're listening. 100% of the money generated for Cowtown Warriors goes straight to the wounded, ill, and injured veteran. We were able to do that because we have some generous, generous underwriters. We have an underwriter that underwrites our annual event. And then we have an underwriter that underwrites the one salaried position that we have, mm. Paul Peterson. And not only underwrote it for one year, we're in the second year of it had been underwritten. So I was like, okay, you've, you've got everything you need. They were like, well, why are you going? I was like, it's time for the organization to grow. I mean, look, I started this thing and had seven years in it. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move on. Yeah. And so Paul reaches out to me and, and this is, you know, as you know, me, there's no short story, right? Everything is like no, long. You, you're, yeah. Everybody's like, Hey man, can you take the side road instead of the highway? <laughs> I'm like, Get to the point. Right. Tell me what time it is. Not yeah. how the watch is built. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but you said, man, you don't even want to hear your name in the business. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Paul calls me and says, and for me to understand where I, where I can help lead this organization, what would you want? And I said, well, if I knew that 10 years from now, this organization was doing double, triple, quadruple and became not just more successful financially, but also became the playbook for other cities to take what we did and replicate and do the same thing to fill the gaps. He's like, yeah, 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 that's great. And I said, and it would make me even more excited that that same 10 years from now, someone says, well, who started this? And someone goes, Jeremy Spann. And then the rest of the room goes, who's that? Yeah, who's that? And he said, I don't understand it. And I said, if you're truly building something that's not about you, then build it not to be about you. Mm -hmm. Because if the organization is you, real hard, real hard to leave it. Because if you leave it, it might fall apart because it was only about you. Yeah. Right? No, I think that's 100% right. You know, that's the reality is... You affect too many lives that if something happened to you and you're the owner, it's going to affect everyone. And so I don't want that. I learned that early on, you know, and I think it's just through mentorship, you know, learning that, you know, if you truly want, and is it legacy? I don't think it's even legacy, even though it's going to be cool to look back and say, you know what? I was a part of that. You know, I had a little bit of part in that story right there. And there would be nothing more meaningful, I know, in my life 
than that feeling. Like I was part of that. So that's what it is for me now. It's not why I got in the business, right? You get into the business for other motivations. As you mature and you've had the success and you had the failures and the experiences, right? You get to where I am and now it's like, okay, you, you're not going to work for 20 more years, okay? So what are we doing today? Make sure that this continues if you truly believe in the purpose, right? And to me, that's where, you know, uh, I'm telling you, when I hear my name, it, it drives me nuts. And I, I call it out right then and there uh, that, you know, you know it, that's not right. Um, now, and that's where the growth comes to, right? Because most people looking up don't, you know, they need that leader, right? They want to see, well, what, what does he think? Where I spin it and say, no, what do you think? You tell me what you would do. You know, hey, CEO, what do you want to do? And, you know, that's where the, it's really neat. You kind of get a little, you see the nervousness, like, ah, well, you know, I'm not a landscaper. Well, no, you're not, but what would you do? You know, so um, I, I, I think that's, you know, it's kind of a, a curse with me is, I'm more interested in what my team would like to do. And then I'll steer it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you, you probably do the same thing as, you know, okay, you know what kind of the right answer is. You'll be surprised sometimes like, wow, that's okay. It's even better. You know, let's roll with it. But then if it's not, it's like bring it back to kind of back to, to plan, but make it about them buying in and making that decision. So, you know, I think you just learned that before, you know, the first 15 years, it's like, I'm going to make every decision here, every single one. Um, and you love that control, right? It's all about control and perfection, right? The problem is you can't grow it. You can't, and it's not going to sustain itself. You know, you just, it won't happen. I've been there, you know, and that's a tough lesson. Because I think the motivation when you get in it is a lot about, you know what, I can do it better. I can do it better. Mm -hmm. And it takes you to a certain level. You know, it gets you in it and growing it. But then to break that ceiling, a totally different ballgame. Man, you're, and this is, this is a, actually what we're talking about in this part of the segment is, is, is something that, has weighed on my mind for quite some time. So I built a pretty good real estate team. Mm. And I'm in the top 1%. Mm. People go, oh man, you must do everything right. No, I, I, hey, look, I miss things. I've dropped the ball on things, dropped the ball on people. Hell, I dropped the ball on you. I think I said, hey, I'm going to get back to you next week. And then all of a sudden I looked up and it had been <laughs> like, like four months. Right. Like, oh, yeah. Crap. Right. Um, but it was also when I, when we see things where we start dropping a ball, we go, hey, I, I've got a gap. I need to make some transformations, transitions to make this better and stronger because that's what I don't want to do. I never want to let anybody down. And it's like the wor worst feeling in the world is if I let somebody down, right? And so here it is, been recognized as the number one producing team in Sotheby's here in Fort Worth, 2018, 2019, 20, number one 
in those same three years is the most outgoing referrals and making sure people buying and selling real estate anywhere else outside the Metroplex got hooked it up with a trusted professional, look after their interests. And even with all that, people say, is there anything you wish you could ever would do different that you could do today that you're thinking about? And I said, I can tell you hands down. Four and a half years ago when I started this, I named it the Span Group hmm. out of ego. And hands down the worst marketing mistake I could ever do. And people are like, what are you talking about? The Span Group invokes, you know, trust and all this and blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah, absolutely. I don't disagree with that. But when people, people pick up the phone and they get someone on my team that's not a Span, mm. going to be. So we've had to come up with a new set of processes that helps that transition. And we're getting better at it. But I tell people all the time, I said, I, I, if I could go back and change only one thing, because I, I wouldn't change experiences no matter how painful they right. are. But if I could actually change one thing, I wouldn't have called it Span Group because I am trying to build this thing where it no longer needs me mm-hmm. and, and we'll get there. But one of the anchors that keeps us from getting there faster is at some point we are going to have to do a branding change of name or else it runs the risk of stopping at some point because people realize you know, it's a span group, but there's not a span that's there. Now I had an executive coach for two years said, well, there's a lot of things you could do, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I, I said, I get it. but that's been on my mind. That's why when I started this podcast, winning strategies playbook, the website is not the span group.com. It's my experienced ED experienced for all my fellow Marines experienced <laughs> realtor dot com because that was the first part of that transition of still the same people still the same service oh wait ah my experience realtor all right my experience and i don't know if that will be the name of the group going forward but it's helping that transition because as you saw because i i know i know lots of folks like you who didn't do a transition did a transformation and made decisions that you're changing not only how you did business, but you're changing the name and all that. That's, I mean, boy, you, you, you like, you're a glutton for punishment on uh, that uh, one, aren't you, Bella? <laughs> no, 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 I think uh, you said earlier, we're just stupid. Yeah, too dumb to get out of our own way. Yeah, I know. You know, but I think bottom line, what, what you're yeah. talking about, it's about the ability to scale, you know, and, and there's never a good time to break it, right? I mean, because what happens in business is you, you, the success continues and it gets bigger, it becomes more complicated. You know, so my, my advice is make those hard breaks as early as possible. Yeah. You know, um, and the, you're absolutely right. Uh, a name is one of those things that you got to break, especially if you want to be you know, in Houston, let's say. Yeah. Right. Who the heck is this guy? Yeah. So, you know, and that's a big reason why we, we even changed from the initials AST, which was Albert S. Thompson, the partner I had when I got into it 20 years ago, which always bothered me. It's like, why are his initials? Right. <laughs> um, but I was told don't change it because you have market penetration. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm not going to have market penetration if you're going to scale it, right? So made that hard decision among other hard decisions one time. We're just going to, we're going to just bust this thing wide open. Name, processes, people, you know, it, it was, you know, what we're, we're, we're going to go big. And, you know, which you go big like that, you're going to fall pretty hard. But we fell forward at the end of the day. You know, that, that's, yeah. that's what I feel. Yeah. And, you know, another example of this name. So my wife and her family, uh, <clears throat> the, the boutique brokerage, brokerage, having a hard time today. Um, and Sotheby's came in and bought them and two other companies that were also local. And when it was around the time, the timing couldn't have happened at a better time. Things were changing in technology. Things were changing in advertising. There were a lot of changes going on that a larger organization could absorb more than a smaller organization could. And, and, and my wife's family, it was called Mira Vista Realtors. Mm-hmm. It was in the office right outside Mira Vista. And, and I'd always said, I was like, man, the hard part is when you put a sign out, people are like, oh, well, no, they're putting a sign because they're selling a house in Mira Vista, right? Mm-hmm. It, just like, mm-hmm. yeah, if you call mm-hmm. a spanner, you get a span. And I said, if, if you really want to be able to succeed, this should really consider the Sotheby's thing because you can go anywhere on the planet and bring up Sotheby's. And someone's going to go, oh, I know my previous guest you met, David, right? He was like, hey, Sotheby's is a global name. Right. I knew my property because of the size of it and the expense of it was going to be hard to sell. I needed someone that was a professional that had a name brand that was recognized. Because just like you said, you go down to Houston, Sotheby's. Oh, yeah. You go down to Houston, you go Mira Vista Realtors. You're like, I think I've heard of a community. Maybe name that. And you right? look it up, it's in Arizona. Right. And it's yeah. instead of Texas, right? I yeah. mean, it's yeah. With you. I- exactly. Yeah. And um, so when there's young op- entrepreneurs and they're going through all of their stuff and they're like, yeah, I'm not really worried about the name, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, actually, <laughs> look, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna do all kinds of brain damage along the way, and you're gonna get things right, you're gonna get things wrong, and you're gonna learn. But when people say, Well, I'm building my company. Where should I focus? I'm like, naturally, you need to focus on a business plan. How are you going to make money? How are you going to, I mean, those are all important. That, that's just, that's all that comes with it. I tell folks, really focus on what the name of your brand is going to be because it's very hard to change. And it's not that it can't be done. There's a cost. There is a cost. You've experienced that cost, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, but boy, wouldn't you love to redo it? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just not entrepreneur. If I was as smart 20 years ago as I am today, it'd be, we wouldn't be doing a podcast. We'd be having cocktails on my (laughs) island in Hawaii or somewhere, you know, I just bought an island. (laughs) You know, but that's, you know, it's the wisdom, you know, that you want to impart now, right? You want to impart it with those young entrepreneurs and we see it I, you veterans are so entrepreneurial you know that that's what i if if there was one thing that i can i can say that what are what's the quality that that you see in veterans you know aside from all the things traditionally 
you know, discipline and, you know, just commitment and, you know, fearless, you know, it's entrepreneurial, you know, that there is a, a entrepreneur, entrepreneurial bent where when I look at our business, like, boy, that's fabulous because that's what we need. We need that spirit. We need that mindset to be able to, to push this thing, you know, down the road. So, you know, I, you talk about nonprofit, you know, think about the nonprofits in the veteran space in this community. I'm blown away at how many organizations, you know, well, what is that? It's entrepreneur. It's entrepreneurs behind those nonprofits. And so I, I don't know what they teach you to, to bring that out or if that's something that, you know, kind of attracts you to, to go serve to some degree. You know, I can't answer that question. Um, but it, it's apparent that, you know, in terms of being qualified to build businesses and own businesses, you guys got it. And so what, when you say that you see those qualities, mm -hmm. like, can you give me an example of some of the, like a couple of examples you might've seen with, you know, some of these vets that are working? Yeah. So like I said, the Lieutenant Colonel Han, uh, you know, founded his foundation three years ago, two, three years ago. Um, okay. That's not an easy feat to, to, you know, go into that space, nonprofit. I mean, you know, I'm for profit, you know, <laughs> it, it, you know, to me, I can't wrap my brain around, you know, being part of something that, okay, we're not here to make money. You know, so that, that's a different level <laughs> of mindset, right? Um, you know, Thomas Williams wanted to, you know, create, you know, nonprofit, uh, gallant, the gallant few, right? Yeah. Uh, another, you know, nonprofit veteran um so when we talk to candidates to come into our organization right what do we talk about well we talk about our growth what we're looking for in terms of putting veterans in locations where they own it literally whether it's you know a partnership or it's a flat out you know we're gonna we're gonna give you all the technology and knowledge to go you know open up another market and you just listen to the excitement, like, you know what, I was thinking of doing my own business. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And so you put that operational mindset, which all of you all have. I mean, it's all about logistics and, you know, uh, you know, the mission. So that mindset, the operational mindset bodes so well in our business on top of the fact that hey, I think I can, you know, risk adverse. I think I can go do Dallas. You got to have, you got to be a risk taker, man. And so there's no bigger risk takers than you all. So, you know, that, those are the, the little things that I see like, man, I, you know, it's not just the talent, but it's also being able to take that entrepreneurial mindset and, and go create something outside of Fort Worth and where they grow and just, it's a multiplier, you know, type concept, which, you know, I'm bound and determined to, to make that happen. You know, 
Um, and we're almost there. I mean, it, it's time to, you know, the vision is there. You know, vision without traction is hallucination. Yeah. Right. So it's time to, you know, let's traction this thing and, and go make that happen. And, and we have the people to make that happen. You know, we're grooming them to, to make that happen. So it, there's, I'm sure a million things you would have done different with the branding change and um, d- dealing with the E-Verify and, yeah. and, and all of that is, I mean, naturally, I'm, I'm sure you're like, man, I, I, if I knew I, I would have done this, I would have done that, I would have done this. If, a, if another organization is dealing with some of the same complexities mm. and you had to only pick out one little nugget to be like, hey, <laughs> if anything, this is what I would have done different through that. Mm-hmm. What would you say? You're talking about the transformation yeah, or the, the transformation. Yeah. 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 You know, open any question, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, you know, I, one, you have to have perseverance. You know, everyone wants to, you know, the concept. Talk about the concept. Oh, yeah. Hey, let's bring this group, this group together. It's going to be wildly successful. Well, the problem is you have culture clash, right? We weren't tracking that. You know, hey, pushback, like, yeah, threatening. You know, I'm threatened by this, you know, new workforce, you know, that I got coming in. I mean, there's just so many little things that we weren't tracking so we failed, you know, first veteran we brought in, we weren't veteran ready. Well, what is, you hear veteran ready, right? Well, what does that mean? Well, I can tell you, get the first veteran and they leave, okay? You're probably not veteran ready. Yeah. Okay, now why? So the culture won right. So, you know, you can't do one person and say, okay, let's build it with one, see how that goes. Um, literally you had to say, you know what, no, we're going, we're going all in, you know, we are committed with purpose. And if we don't believe it, you know, and I think that was the hardest thing is conviction that this is who we are. It's not landscape. It's not what we do. It's how we survive in a sense. It's, it's how we're going to scale it, but it's not who we are. So you got to have a, you know, a a mindset, the CEO, that's the leader that says, okay, I don't care what happens. We're staying the course, you know, this ain't a one time and boy, let's, let's pull the shoot and get out. Plenty of those opportunities. Trust me, plenty of those opportunities. And a lot of friends will tell you, well, why would they don't get it? I don't get why you do that. You know, why did you do that? Why did you have to sell the building. Why did you not step in earlier, you know, on these things? Because you're a smart business guy. You're the, and you can't explain it. I can't explain it. You know what I'm saying? I just, I just. I understand. Yeah. I mean, you, you know what? That's just what we're going to do and what we did. Right. And I'm not going to explain it at the end of the day that the conviction is there. Um, we are doing great things. I don't care if it's one veteran, it's enough for me. We're touching a lot more, okay? And, and we just want to be different. You know, I don't want to blend. Um, I've never been 
that's not in the fabric. Just kind of blend in with everything else that's out there. Uh, you know, let's be different. Let's be great. And you know this, Jeremy, to be great doesn't mean it's easy. To be great, it's some of the hardest work you will ever have to do. And it's not for everyone. You know, it, and we tell people that. You know what? We're, we know we're not going to be for everyone. And, and a good example of that is, do you mow grass? Yeah. Right? And um, a hard thing to do as a business owner, and I really, truly, honestly think that business owners understand this more than anybody else, is who to say yes to in business. Mm. Somebody's saying they'll give you the business, and there's a part of you going, and because you are, you're thinking of the P&Ls, you're thinking of the balance sheets, you're thinking of everything else, going, I could say yes to this, and this is another piece of business, but does that follow my core values? Mm. So our core values are, the first one is what we call the value exchange. You must trust me and want to work with me, and I must trust you and want to work with you because one-sided is lopsided, lopsided. You're in the convincing business. Mm. I don't have time and energy to be convinced nor convinced. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I can control whether or not I choose to trust and want to work with you, but I can't control. You want to choose and to work with me and trust me. Mm. So as long as we have the value exchange, then we have the value proposition, which is your money is always going to be more important than my money. But in order for me to test, right, mm. validate if you're going to trust us is what we have now. I mean, how we do our processes now is much different than a year ago, much different than a year before that. And that is, I get the call. Let me walk you through the process. Communication is everything. I do, we do more deals in a month than the majority of agents do in their entire year and some their entire career. Mm. And so I know what I'm doing. We know what we are doing. We are the subject matter experts mm -hmm. in real estate mm -hmm. here in Fort Worth, mm -hmm. right? And so it is hard for me to teach over 100 transactions a year to see the world through my lens. So instead, if I present information to you in the way you see the world, then that cuts down a lot of uh, communication errors. For example, if I went and explained things to my wife, the way I process information, it would confuse her because mm -hmm. I'm a give it to me in three bullet points, 80% yep. solution. I'm going to make a decision before you finish the conversation. Tell me what time it is, not otherwise. That would confuse her. Confusion creates fear. Fear doesn't move the needle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Clarity creates trust. Trust moves the needle. Trust is the currency of business. We must have trust with each other because as long as we have that, your money's more important mm -hmm. than my money. Mm -hmm. Just like if somebody came and tried to explain to me something from the perspective of the way my wife sees the world, you would bore me to tears. You'd mm -hmm. lose me in 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care about all the details and I don't need 100%. Like, why, why, are you, why are you dragging me down with all this? So we explain to people, hey, we use a system called Culture Index. It is a quick survey. It takes six minutes and you can be one of the greatest people in the world, and I can love you to death. Even a friend that reached out that I've known for three decades said, I'm moving back to Texas. I said, yeah, we would love to help you. 
but he doesn't want to take six minutes to take a survey that's going to allow us to communicate with him better. Mm. Because once you take the survey, then we get on a Zoom call. So you meet everybody on the team. You see who all the players are that are here to serve you. So I'm already demonstrating that you have a team of people that are willing to sacrifice and serve you. And all we're asking for is six minutes of your time. And if you're not willing to give me that six minutes, I'm sorry, we're not going to do business together. Is it hard looking at a friend of 30 years and saying, hey, man, if you're not going to take a survey, I understand. We're not a fit. We're not going to be able. He's like, dude, can you just go find me this house? I'm like, dude, can you just take the survey? It takes right. six minutes. Right. Yeah. I've had that conversation twice this week, not including him, twice mm-hmm. this week with two people that are like, I just, I don't, I don't want to take a survey. I'm right. like, well, I'm sorry. We're not going to do business together. Yeah. I mean, between these three alone, right? That friend of mine in these two this week that I got new leads on, or not this week, but in the last seven days, I mean, we're talking about up to $2 million worth of volume. Yeah. We're talking yeah. about over $50,000 worth of income coming in. And people are like, you'll say no that quick? Yeah, because I'm not here to be in the convincing business. Mm. And if you can't trust me enough to give me six minutes of your day, I hate to tell you, partner, it ain't me that you don't trust. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're already telling me what it's going to be like to work with you, and I don't want to do it. I don't want to drag you across the finish line. now. I did have someone bring up to go, do you think you run the risk of by having your process, that's something that would have been an easy deal and a great deal and somebody super awesome to work with, you missed out on that opportunity? Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, I'm certain I probably missed out on a couple of them. Could be my friend of 30 years that reached mm-hmm. out said he moving back to Texas. Mm-hmm. But I am willing to make that sacrifice because if I miss one or two deals in a year that maybe maybe we should let them not take the survey yeah. was letting someone skip taking the survey and they trash my team. Mm. Not because they're bad people. It's just how they do things, mm-hmm. right? Mm. And so I'm like, I would rather risk not damaging my team. And if it means even someone that might've been okay, didn't want to give me six minutes. Because mm-hmm. really think about this. Yeah. How many real estate deals does the average person buy and sell in their lifetime? Like I do more deals in a month than you've done in your entire lifetime. Yeah. And you can't give me six minutes. Yeah. And it's, and it's easy. It's Marine proof. Right. You open it up. Culture index. You check the boxes. Yeah. You go, which yeah. ones, which one of these boxes sound like you? These yeah. hit enter. That's it. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. Like you don't have to add all this stuff. They're just boxes. Yeah. So if you're not going to do that, then yeah, and, and, and I do. Every time I turn one down, I, I think, man, this could have been one that that could have been a great one, yeah. but I'm not willing to sacrifice the team. David Hargrave, that was here for you. Yeah. Right. This dude's worth a gajillion dollars. Yeah. This dude wasn't buying and selling a $500 house. It was yeah. a two and a half million dollar house. So if a man or let's just say person is willing to give me six minutes out of their time to sell a property that's going to be significantly harder yeah. than what it is that you're asking me to do yeah. is going to give me six minutes of his time. Yeah. Imagine how offended I am yeah. actually when a friend of mine doesn't want to give me that. Well, the friend's looking at you as the friend. Yeah. You're looking at it as the discipline and what's the greater good of the organization, you know? 
So you have to be disciplined. Number one, you got to have your process. You got to have your purpose. You have to have your core values. And we're the same, Jeremy. At the end of the day, we hire, we fire, we we bring on new clients, always based on core values, period. And it's a check. Check, check, check. We have our core market focus, okay, like yourself, commercial, you know, minimum contract amount this, 35 miles from HQ, and not 36. If it's 36, discipline tells you <laughs> we're not going to do it. And do you think, well, you know, hey, let's just push it a mile to get another 50. You as the CEO say, no, because I look at it, I want a disciplined workforce. Again, get back to, I'm not here. You're creating a sustainable that they're able to hold the discipline. And you don't want to hold the discipline. You want the process to hold the discipline so you can scale it. This is who we are. This is how we do it. Now, you can always examine that, well, maybe we're a little too rigid here. Have that internal discussion, you know, as a team that, you know, maybe we need to, you know, fine. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's, we agree, you know, let's loosen it if we need to loosen it. But at the end of the day, once we set it, it's set. Yeah. You know, if I was going to change my process, for to fit clients individually, uh, I would have to change my process yeah. over a hundred times a year. Yeah, which means I wouldn't be able to do this a hundred times a year. Yeah, basically, yeah. right? Yeah, and I'm here to deliver value for clients, and if they don't want to recognize the value, I get it. I understand. Yeah, because here's a funny follow up to that. I was reminded twice last year why we have that process. Because mm. as the CEO, I said, you know what? We'll let it slide this time. Mm -hmm. One time, ended up. Losing the client completely. They were a referral from another Sotheby's agent. Mm. I wanted to please that agent so much that I made an exception when I should have said, we're not going to be a fit, but I have someone else that probably, but I wanted to, it was ego that got in the way. Mm. It's what it was. Mm -hmm. If I really got to be honest about oh, it, yeah. have a truthful conversation right. with that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was ego. Mm -hmm. I want to show this person, you're right. You sent them to the best team. Yeah. Mm. That person lost the relationship. I lost the relationship. Not only did it affect me and my team, I affected somebody else that was trying to trust us by sending something. And I still, to this day, lose sleep over that. Mm. It's a pain's a powerful reminder. The yeah. second time, we got the deal done. But man, let me tell you, there was a lot of kicking and screaming and a lot of damage to the team that I will risk losing yeah. a deal that maybe it wouldn't have mattered if they didn't take the survey. I yeah. will risk that every time because... It's my team that pays for it. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you know, you're the expert. You, you mentioned it. I'm the subject matter expert. Okay. That designation puts you in a position to be able to construct the model that's going to be the most successful for the team, right? As much as you want others to help construct it, you're the subject matter expert, right? And you're done training. 20 years I've been training. I'm done with it. I'm done with those outliers. Okay. Cause yeah, I've run the trap. 
You've learned uh, the lessons yeah, you needed you, to learn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're yeah. done, okay? And we're not going to be for everyone. And that means clients, too. We're just not, you know, and I don't like those conversations, but I've gotten pretty good at them to say, this is not us, thank you. And as much as I like to try and steer it, you know, to others, it's just, you know, business. This is not who we are. Thank you, though, very much. Uh, and And move on. Uh, and make sure the team is disciplined and focused and, you know, kind of at those times, no gray space, you know, yeah. because your time's important, my time's important. So when someone brings a deal to me that, hey, I have this opportunity, okay, they have the checkbox. They know what I'm looking <laughs> at, you know, and I tell you, if it's if it's out of the box, I know I got more work to do with that person, Yeah. okay, because I know what my answer is yeah. and they know what the answer is. Not that we can't talk about it, but. The answer is the answer. You know, it, yeah. I, I'm not there. Let that answer your question. The discipline so of the process. It's, I, it's I, discipline. I, 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 man, let me tell you, I always take something away from one of these episodes. And mm. man, how you phrase that is what I'm going back to tell my team. Yeah. And so let's let, me, let me tell you yeah, just on that point, yeah, because yeah. It, it it clicked with me last year. Scott Mann, I don't know if you heard him talk, but he's a Green Beret. Rooftop management, so he's a consultant. Heard a podcast where 2019, 2020, COVID, everyone got punched in the throat. Most companies, when they got punched, they lost the discipline and they just reverted back to all the bad habits. You know, oh yeah, that's 36 miles out. Yeah, we better take it. Better take it, better take it, right? Well, the outcomes are not going to be any different. You know, it's going to be a bad outcome and you regret it, right? So discipline, it's the hardest thing to do when you get punched in the throat. And you got to be that guy that I don't care how ugly it gets. We're going we're gonna to hold the line here. Uh, so that, that just, it clicked with me. Because in that same podcast, he talked about, you know, when you're in the valley, you're climbing the, the you know, to, to get to higher ground, right? You always are trying to get to the higher ground, you know, for the vantage. So you get through COVID, you're now on higher ground. You're able to see the, the next peak that you got to go climb. But the problem is you got to go back down into the valley to get to that bigger peak, it's the discipline that's going to get you there. Yeah. And the lessons learned that you're not going to make those same mistakes again. So if you were going to go back and talk to 20-year-old self, yeah. and I know that we, we, well, like we would listen at 20 anyways, but if you knew 20-year-old self was willing to listen to just one thing, what would be that one thing you would tell 20-year-old Tim? about the people knowing what I know today it's about the people and the relationships with the people you know and not not the ego you know that I'm you know I, I got it all no 
you, you can take that to a certain degree. Maybe most entrepreneurs need that initially. I just wish I got it earlier. It'd be it'd eliminate a whole lot of pain. <laughs> a whole lot of brain damage. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So people want to learn more about your company. You got a vet that maybe wants to be one of these fobs, just wants to come yep. work with you or yep. people that want to, are within the 35 miles and, and yep. want to hire you. How, how do they get in touch with you? How, what, how do they connect with you? Yeah. So the website, uvetsolutions.com. Uh, my number, cell phone, 817-832-4711. Uh, give me a call. You know, if you're a veteran, and it's not always about a job with us. You know, if you just need uh, advice, you know, you want to talk to Lieutenant Colonel, you know, about uh, the transition process. Um, you know, we, we try and, you know, the tentacles go outside of this organization. But, you know, we feel the, the greatest gift we can offer is a, is a job during that transition. Uh, we hope you stay with us for a long time, but we realize and our experience tells us that, you know, sometimes we're just a stepping stone and that's okay. You know, so, uh, you know, if you're, if you're in that transition mode, uh, please look us up. Um, if your clients, you know, we're commercial landscape, uh, Fort Worth based, uh, you know, we, we, that's a pretty big 35 mile radius that covers a lot of ground. I uh, would love to do, uh, do business with you. And also the Apache Warrior Foundation. Absolutely. Great. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. So uh, please look up uh, Apache Warrior Foundation. Uh, our chief operating officer, Lieutenant Colonel Hahn, uh, is founder of that organization. You got to go watch the, he has a like an hour uh, docudrama uh, of a mission in Iraq that he produced. I believe it's either Netflix, Netflix or uh, Prime. Amazing, uh, and this is live footage of a mission that didn't go well. Um, that he was a part of. That I mean, if that doesn't get you excited uh, about his foundation, man, nothing will. So uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, we're all about uh, his foundation, your foundation, uh, and really all those nonprofits that are out to to help veterans. And in case you didn't catch it, you can always go to myexperiencedrealtor.com. That's experience with an ED. Click on Tim and read more. We'll have the information on there. Tim, thank you for coming. Jeremy, thank you. Man, this is great. I appreciate it. Yeah, man.